0: Welcome to the BizTimes MKE Podcast. I'm Arthur Thomas, an associate editor here at BizTimes Media. I'm joined on this week's episode by Keith Duplaine, president of St. Louis Branded Portfolio at Calaris, and Bob Steffes, vice president of manufacturing at Allen Edmonds. Uh, I wanted to have Bob and Keith on this episode for a couple of reasons. One, it's timely. Allen Edmonds is the official dress shoe of the U.S. team at the Ryder Cup. This week. And the other reason is that, uh, you know, Allen Edmonds is a brand that has a lot of affinity here in the Milwaukee area and wanted to catch up with Bob and Keith about what the company's been up to uh, over the course of the pandemic in the last few years since Calaris acquired it in late 2016. So, Bob and Keith, thanks for joining me.
1: Well, thanks, Arthur, for having us. We really appreciate it. Um, You know, love to. uh, Catch up with the local community and you've got uh, Bob who's been at the uh, company a long time and uh, I've been with Claire 16 years and uh, again, thrilled that when we could acquire Alan Edmonds and we're uh, very, very proud to have that in our portfolio today. Excellent. I wanted to start
0: maybe with a little bit about each of your roles. Um, Keith, as you know, president of uh, you know, a portfolio of brands, what, what's your role as it relates to Allen Edmonds?
1: So, so we, we organize things, um, you know, wholesale and retail. Again, I won't go into the background on Calaris. I get the, uh, the very fortunate responsibility to be a steward of the Allen Anderman's brand, along with the folks like Bob and another of the Port Washington people, as well as we do have some of the team located in St. Louis here. Um, and, and between, you know, whether it's the retail stores, the digital business, um, you know, what the brand stands for the product, you know, the collective team sets that direction, really using the voice of the customer to drive it. Um, and, and my job is to make sure that, you know, all that stays aligned and, and moving towards something that, uh, is enduring and what it means in the hearts of the consumer, as well as, um, you know, financially responsible for, uh, all the key stakeholders.
0: Sure. Um, Bob, Vice President of Manufacturing, um, kind of says it in the name, but uh, what, tell me a little bit about what your responsibilities are um, with the company.
2: Yeah, I'm responsible for our factory here in Port Washington, Wisconsin. Um, we produce about 300,000 pairs of shoes a year out of this location. Um, so I'm responsible for the quality, um, the on-time, you know, producing them on time, um, sourcing the materials that are required to, to manufacture the shoes. And then also related to the hiring and, uh, um, you know, recruiting of different employees.
0: Okay. Um, curious, you know, Keith mentioned, you have, you know, you have a long tenure here with the company, 20, 20 plus years. Um, maybe, you know, mentioned the, 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 the fact that Allen Edmonds are made in Port Washington, I think is a lot of a point of pride for a lot of people in Southeastern Wisconsin. Um, Kind of how have things you know evolved over the last I guess almost five years now since the the Claris acquisition? How have things um, changed? I mean, we're still making shoes in Port Washington, so I think anytime there's an acquisition, you know, for a local company, there's that fear. But you're you're still cranking out three hundred thousand a year, so yeah. So we're
2: still making the same great dress shoes using the same uh, three hundred sixty welted construction process. But what we've seen shift over the last few years is really demand for the boots and kind of supporting that the um, new styles of boots that we've introduced and then also adding the sneakers to our portfolio as well Um, we we didn't make sneakers you know pre Calaris but um, we've added equipment here in Port Washington we've added the skill set to to make sneakers so um, adding the sneakers the boots um, that's kind of been some you know, brand extensions of instead of just being the dress shoe brand, um, adding those to our portfolio has
0: helped as well. Uh, I'd, I'd imagine that uh, maybe they may could be, you know, it's a, a challenge, but probably also invigorating to take on, you know, that new challenge of, of a new product, like, you know, sneakers instead of dress shoes. Um, and, but to make sure that your manufacturing process incorporated the same kind of Attention to detail and focus on quality that that the Allen Edmonds brand is known for. Correct. Yeah, we're still
2: highly focused on quality, um, making sure that every shoe out the door is just beautiful. We want the customer to open up the box of shoes and be wowed by it.
0: Uh, Keith, diving into you know kind of part of the the, the timeliness aspect of this, the uh, the Ryder Cup partnership yeah. um, So the official dress shoe of the the men's U.S. team. Um, mm-hmm. What, you know, what does that all entail? How does a partnership like that come, come about?
1: Um, well, you know, we've, we've got a long history of different sponsorships. You know, we've put in, uh, we've put uh, shoes on the uh, NBA coaches um, you know, other, uh, professional athletes, you know, we got the opportunity through really the alignment of the brands. I mean, you know, Bob kind of said it, but when you have a brand that has this much history and authenticity and the ability to, um, custom make a product, I think what, 25 miles from the actual golf course there and hand delivered mm-hmm. to the golfers, it was an opportunity that we couldn't pass up. And, you know, clearly Um, You know, I I think there's also the alignment of the consumer, you know, where our brand, you know, resonates not only with the professional golfers, but certainly with the consumers, uh, you know, the folks that are attending the event, watching it live, um, you know, and and I don't, you know, we'll divulge sales, but we are, you know, we have that custom made Rider um, Park Avenue available on the site and you know we are we're getting a lot of folks that just want to own a piece of history and so that just is so cool to be part of um you know we had I think there was an internal fight over who got the tickets to go to the Ryder Cup I'm not sure where those went but um it was it's a really awesome awesome opportunity and and I was up with Bob a week ago here we in Port Washington and Bob affectionately had all the the shoes lined up in the showroom with the different uh, players names on them and that's just kind of fun to see that uh you know, who's going to get to get this pair of shoes made, you know, in Port Washington, hand delivered here uh, and where to, uh, you know, those more ceremonial events. Definitely. Um,
0: the I mean, I think you guys have done other efforts over the last few years to, to grow the, the Allen Edmonds brand. There was kind of a, a push with I think there was a Baker Mayfield um, campaign, yeah. and different things like yeah. that. Um, what kind of maybe did you learn from that, um, the efforts to grow the Allen Evans brand? Obviously, the pandemic kind of derailed maybe some any momentum may have had, but what have you learned from that kind of effort?
1: Well, OK, so first off, I'll answer the the pandemic impact because I'm sure that's of interest, you know, as as we all talk about, you know, where are we going? Um, yeah, it initially had a, you know, a, a startling impact, you know, back into March of twenty. Um, and then I would say from that point forward, we've marched forward to a what we we'll call modest recovery. Um, we've seen, you know, the initial impact on, you know, all the product classifications, certainly the stay from or the work from home, uh, you know, limited the amount of dress shoes initially. However, Bob mentioned we pivoted into boots, um, a lot of, and I don't want to steal yeah. this thunder, but a lot of the outdoor, you know, weatherproof type product, it was more versatile What we were making out of Port Washington, therefore, that the volume we saw even in late 20, uh, kind of Q3, Q4 of of 2020 started to rebound in those categories very well. Um, You know, the uh, some of the uh, park sneakers, the strand sneakers, those iconic items have also helped to lift sales and the dress shoe businesses come back, you know, quite a bit um, in the last, really since about April of this year. So one of our, Arthur, one of our shameless plugs here is that we need people. I know Bob's hiring desperately in Port Washington. So, you know, for all the listeners out there, um, we, we need folks. We need folks to, to um, come up to help us, uh, you know, make some of the shoes there in Port Washington. So um, we, are, we are, you know, experiencing rebound and we're very proud of the work that everyone's done up there. Um, if I'll go back and ask what we've learned from it is, uh, I, you know, you have to listen to your customer. I mean, I, I'm sure that, you know, you're a fan of the brand and you follow and you look at, you know, even the social groups out there that support Allen Edmonds. And and I, there's not a day goes by that I don't go out and, you know, hear what they're saying, both good and bad about the direction of our company, because, you know at the end of the day they're sort of the heart and soul of of why we exist is to serve them and so when we find the opportunity to connect with either Ryder Cup or Baker Mayfield and we think that that you know serves our consumers um in a way that you know uh you know they get value out of it we're, we're going to do that if if we don't think it's consistent with the brand or the consumers um uh you know uh you know, what, what they want from us, then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep looking. So we're very discerning about, you know, the partnerships we keep and um, what it means for the brand and, and what it means for our uh, devoted followers.
0: Certainly. Um, well, you mentioned the the, the hiring uh Bob, I'll give you a chance. You know, how many, how many roles, uh, what kind of roles? What are you hiring for? What are, what, um, what's kind of headcount up there now? What do you want to get it to? Sure. Um,
2: we have 150 manufacturing employees. I currently have eight openings meant basically handwork on the manufacturing floor from, um, filling the bottom of the shoe with cork to, uh, finishing the shoe at the end of the line. Um, uh. We're looking for manufacturing we're looking for eight employees we run a first shift only so we have a very uh family friendly type um job schedule only first shift we work monday through thursday is our 40 hours 10 hours a day um we use uh because the demand right now we're using fridays for overtime um, but everybody gets offset you know off of work on saturdays and sundays um and then we also do a Um, which I think is kind of unique to us. We pay everybody in manufacturing between Christmas and New Year's to have that week off. Um, And probably about 80% of our employees have relatives that work here. So very, very friendly, very family-oriented environment. Um, And just a bunch of good-hearted people to work with. Just very, very thoughtful, very uh, uh, quality-oriented individuals. Um, we do some fundraising events like for local food pantries, United Way. Um, so those are the type of people we're looking for. That's uh, what we're recruiting for. And like I said, that family, um, we, we want to be family friendly by only running one shift and, you
1: know. Mm-hmm. Hey, and- hey, hey, Arthur, did you hear the story about when Bob and his team pivoted to make uh, masks for the, uh, at the beginning of the pandemic? I don't I
0: think- I think I may have heard a little bit about it, but why don't you tell me more about it?
1: Well, just, I, I think, Bob, it's worth commenting because that, that like, you know, was such a heartfelt, you know, like, you know, everyone was, in, it, you know, I, I guess I wouldn't say quite panic, but, you know, certainly trying to figure out what it meant for the health and safety of our loved ones in society. And you guys quickly pivoted and started to take your skill and competencies in terms of manufacturing and make the mess. So I don't know if you could just you know, shed a little light on that because it's a great story.
2: Yeah. So when the, when the world shut down, it kind of raises a question. Now, what do we do? <laughs> None of our stores are open.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, there's no, no demand for dress work, dress shoes because everybody's closed and everybody's staying at home. Um, so what do we do? So within a week, we realized um, that there was demand for medical supplies from, um, we had local hospitals asking for face masks. Hey, can you do this for us? Um, they're actually asking for body bags as well, but we chose, chose to focus on the on the face mask. So um, after like one week of being shut down, we, we pivoted from making shoes to making masks. So it only took us a week to convert. and we had um, I think we had 30 employees that were focused on uh, making masks. So we took the individuals, that knew, knew how to do sewing and help stitch masks. Um, we did, I think it was like 240,000 masks over the, the period of like three months. Um, and we we produced for Children's Hospital in Milwaukee, uh, Freighter Mo- Hospital in Milwaukee, and then Ascension, Columbia, St. Mary's as well. So all three of them had different designs that we made um, and we had to figure out how to source the materials, um, But whatever we could do to help out, we were willing to do it. So, um, and we, we wanted to do it quickly because it seemed like they were desperate and they were in need. So it was, it was kind of an honor to be able to rather sit at home and do nothing to actually be able to, to contribute to the, to local hospitals in their fight against COVID.
0: Yeah. And imagine there's, there was that period where it was kind of like every, you know, there was the. No one knew what to do, but then, you know, there were so many cases of people just stepping up and, and you know, jumping in to, to help and, and people connecting in, in different ways to, you know, that uh, you wouldn't think, you know, across industry, you had different ways of, of helping out. Um, so that was really nice to see. Um, Keith, to, to get back to the kind of the pandemic pivot to, towards casual, um, and I guess it probably maybe it was an ongoing thing, doing sneakers, doing things like that. Um, I guess, how is the consumer changing, um, you know, the, you know, wanting a, you know, a high-end sneaker, wanting a thing like that? How has that kind of trend emerged over the last year? Or was that a a pre-pandemic thing that only got accelerated
1: by this? Uh, it definitely got accelerated. Um, the, the sneaker business, I mean, the brand has made sneakers for a while. I, I think that as as we took, I mean, you know, some of our iconic last, you know, with that Park Avenue last and started to put sneakers on that, you know, uh, the shape and form that the guy knew us from, it sort of the light bulbs went off to, you know, at the the time, I'm going to be honest with it, it was like a little bit like, wow, that that's interesting looking, we didn't know quite what we had in terms of, you know, uh, sales ability or, or revenue with that particular item. But, Um, it it resonated, you know, you have such a loyal following of consumers. And when you gave him something that fit his more, I'd say, you know, casual lifestyle at the time, particularly work from home, it was like, it was a natural extension of, I don't have to be in a dress shoe every day, although I can look, you know, the part, feel, you know, confident in how I'm dressing, you know, sort of the head to toe look. At the same time, really be given a lot of the versatility that a sneaker or sports shoe would provide. And and I'll use the keyword being versatility because we're also seeing that in our boots. And I'll talk about that in a minute. But um, that, while all the sneakers we had done in the past, and we had some good ones in the courtside and the porter, when we did the the Park Avenue sneaker and the Strand Mock sneaker, Strand sneaker, like, the, the sales volume immediately took off, and that's where Bob talked about they they retooled one of the lines in the Port Washington plant. You know they have the ability to make that product up there. So not only can they make the welts and the dress shoes and the boots and stuff, but now they can when you know when called upon they can make the sneakers. And so we're thrilled with that and you know, it gives us a greater share of his closet. Now he just doesn't need to come to us for the dress shoes. You know, we can also fill that, that need for him in a very authentic way that's differentiated by, you know, Alan Edmonds from, you know, any of the other competition out there.
0: In terms of um, kind of the, the changing consumer and, and their preferences um, as far as just the way they shop, I mean, that's changed yeah. a whole bunch too over the last yeah. year plus, how has that evolved? And then, you know, it's part of the challenge now going forward, trying to to, you know, to skate where they're going, where the puck is going in terms yeah. of, uh, you know, what what consumers are going to want. Are they going to want to be in a store? Are they going to want online? Or they want to be able to go into a store but also order online?
1: How do yeah. you make sense of all that? <laughs> um, you know, the I'll give you the high level and give you some granular, you know, sort of detail behind it. You, you know, any retailer t- today needs to serve the consumer in the ways that, you know, they expect and want to be served. And whether that's, you know, buy online, you know, ship from a store, D.C. to their home, pick up in store or go into store and get that same personalized service that they've known for years. Like we we are our entire approach to Allen Edmonds is to have the service level that exceeds his expectations and serve him in the way or the location that, you know, is most convenient for him. Now, when you talk about like sort of the devil in the details, we certainly saw shifts in, um, and, and and even today, like, if you look at some of our, the, the downtown stores, you know, that would might be in like heavy financial districts and stuff, those stores still don't have the traffic, uh, the daily traffic counts that you would, you would have, or we would have seen in 2019 and prior. On the flip side, you can move to some of the Sunbelt states like, you know, Scottsdale, Arizona comes to mind, you know, South Coast Plaza or LA, California. And, and we've seen the traffic counts in those stores rebound nicely. And so we still, we we view brick and mortar as a critical component to um, Allen Edmonds. Again, you can't I think when you, when you have a product that's made with 212 steps and that much craftsmanship and, you know, Bob talks about the families that make this stuff, like it's hard always to demonstrate that in a catalog or in a, you know, online. So the store has to be there to really, you know, uh, again, give that individual that wants to interact with it the chance to. But I think some of those locations will shift over time, as you know. If we see areas that just don't rebound, and other areas where our consumers at, we're gonna, we are gonna add locations. Um, and and again, I don't. We might close some. It's all debatable at this point. But I think we'll start to look for uh, new locations to add late in uh, 22. Uh, call it the second half, as to you know where we see emerging pockets of opportunity. Gotcha. Um,
0: Bob, does any of that all, how does that impact manufacturing? I mean, the, the, you know, is, is making sneakers a whole lot different or is it pretty applicable once you get your head around it? Um, Does the, the, the growing, you know, online um, piece, does that um, impact your operations in any way, or is just get the shoes done and and have them uh, in high quality? So the customer's expectation, I think, is they
2: want a shoe and they want it in stock. Our challenge is we offer so many different style, size, width combinations. Um, 20 years ago, we would work in big batches, right? So we would run 50 pair of this or 100 pair of that. Um, now we have to run in batches of one. So we have to be super flexible. And then if we need sneakers this month, we make sneakers, right? If we need dress welts, we make dress welts. If we need different mixes of those types of shoes, we have to be flexible to manufacture that. So we've added on our end, um, a lot of uh, flexibility um, around doing the different, um, basically trying to make what the customer needs when they want it, right? Um, And then we just kind of, as we look through our manufacturing process, what can we do better? How can we do it better? So if it's from a quality standpoint, we got to work on trying to make the quality as be- good as it can. If it's from a efficiency standpoint, try to improve our efficiencies. If it's from, um, cause we're trying to get faster to the customer, we want to reduce the amount of work and process we have. So we're making shoes quicker, but still taking all the necessary steps along the way to make the same,
0: same quality. Makes sense. Um, well, I think that covers uh, most of the, the questions I had for you. Um, Keith, Bob, is there anything people should be looking for from Alan Edmonds here in the in the near future?
1: Um, the uh, you know, continue to look for new products and innovation. I know Bob and his team are, are constantly pushing the envelope in terms of again how to improve the the, the product performance, the durability, the versatility. Um, you know, we've got the whole recraft program across, you know, the styles where those consumers can send them back and, um, we, um, uh, you know, can recraft them, um, next year, you know, is Alan Edmonds 100th birthday, right? So we will be a hundred years old, Arthur, maybe you'll welcome us back next year. Mm-hmm. Cause we'd love to be able to talk about that as that, that kind of rolls on, Uh and so, you know, there, there's a lot of good things on both the product front um, as well as, uh, you know, again, just celebrating a brand that's 100 years old that I think that, that, that we'll have to uh, um, continue to, you know, talk to you and then obviously get out to the marketplace and, and, and tell the consumers about. To
2: add to that too, we're also doing a lot of efforts around sustainability. Um, as you know, we have our recrafting process where um, we've try to prolong the life of the shoe by um, adding a new sole. But we're also taking a look at each of the components that we're using and how can we use a a more environmentally sustainable product. So, um, and we've we've taken a lot of efforts there, but you'll see even
0: continued efforts on that and continued focus on sustainability. Sounds good. Well, that's exciting to hear and exciting to hear more products coming in the future. Uh, Bob and Keith, thank you for joining me on the BizTimes MKE podcast. All
1: right. Thanks, thanks Arthur. I appreciate it. it. This is Dan Meyer with BizTimes Media. You've been listening to the BizTimes MKE podcast. For more business news and insights, be sure to go to biztimes.com and subscribe to any of our daily e-newsletters and our magazine, BizTimes Milwaukee.